Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Sometime in late 2004, Bill Clinton, the former president of the United States, came on a book tour to Hong Kong, where I was living at the time. His book, My Life, was recently published and he came to hawk it to an international audience. A Canadian friend of mine wanted to go to meet President Clinton and to have a book signed. So looking for something creative to do, I said, okay, let's go. We stood in this long line waiting to get into the bookstore, and eventually we wound our way to the place where the former president was standing. They were running a smooth operation. An assistant hands the president his book, you step up, shake his hand, and he signs your book, and then quickly along comes the next person in line. Standing there waiting, I thought, what is one good question I could ask him and decided upon... What's your favorite part of the book? When it was my turn, I asked him. And in the classic Clinton way, he said, I like the beginning, pause for effect, and I like the end. I like the beginning and I like the end. I remember taking his book in my hand and slightly shaking my head as I walked away. I like the beginning. In other words, start reading it. And in case you get bored in the middle, keep reading. And I like the end. Politicians. So slick. By way of analogy, but in a significantly more meaningful way, when we come to God's book, the Bible, the Lord clearly tells us what happened in the beginning and clearly tells us what will happen at the end. One of the many, way too many to even count ways in which the Bible is extraordinary is that on these pages, the one true and living God is so honest with us. He does not hold back. He reveals himself and those who come in faith to the reading of this ancient yet present text will know exactly how God made the heavens and the earth and exactly how God will destroy the heavens and the earth. And no wonder Clinton's book sits somewhere over there at the back of my bookshelf collecting dust and will be thrown away, while my Bible sits prominent on my desk, open and read every day. God's word far excels the word of mere fallen man. We have been talking about the modern environmental movement and the sense of panic that comes with it. Activists, a part of this movement, say that men and women are responsible for the destruction of planet Earth and that unless we take drastic action to prevent it, we will soon reach doomsday. We are discussing ways that we, as Bible-believing Christians, can respond to individuals we know who adhere to this worldview. And we want to present them with the biblical worldview to help them understand where we are coming from on issues related to the climate. And we began our response by following God's word to us in the book of Genesis. 
because God made this universe, including planet Earth, and because God sustains all that he has made, because God has this whole wide world in his hands, we are at peace with the Earth's future. Last time we surveyed the global flood in Genesis and we saw that this world is not as fragile as the most outspoken environmentalists make it out to be. God tested this earth to its extreme in that flood, and it survived. And just as God created the world, likewise, only He will destroy the world. Today I want to show you briefly from the scripture exactly how God will bring about His destruction. But first, a warning and an invitation. When we read the following scripture, and when I say what I want to say, it may be tempting for you to think, well, if God is going to destroy the earth in this way, then why bother caring at all about the environment? It may be easy to think Christians do not care at all about what is happening to this earth. But that's not accurate. We do care. And every responsible Christian is doing something to manifest our care for the environment, as I will be showing you. So my warning is this. By the end of this program, please do not assume there's nothing we should be doing to preserve planet Earth. And my invitation is this. Continue to listen to God is. There is much more to be said. Before we come to what the Bible says about our responsibility to the environment, I think it is valuable for us to be equipped to talk about what the Scripture says about the end of this earth. Remember, the climate change movement claims that men and women will destroy earth by the way we are living today. Whereas we say men and women cannot destroy this earth, only God can destroy it. But why do we say this? Well, come with me in your copy of God's Word to 2 Peter chapter 3. That's 2 Peter 3. In this chapter, the Apostle Peter is addressing the early Christians concerning mockers who come along in the church and with their mocking, they mock the second coming of Jesus Christ. These are false teachers intruding upon the church. The Bible clearly teaches that Christ will come again. He came first as the perfect man to set sinners free from our sin. He came as Savior, and he will come again as judge to condemn unrepentant sinners for their sin. But in the context of Second Peter, and how much more so today all these centuries later, the false teachers came along and said this. I'm reading Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Know this first of all that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? In other words, nothing ever changes. Everything continues just the way it was. You Christians say, Christ is coming again. Well, then where is he? In fact, later in verse 4, these mockers say, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Well, in response to this, Peter refers his readers back to the creation. He writes, beginning in verse 5, It escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, 
And the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. Well, that affirms what we saw last time. Genesis 1 recounts how God used his words, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And Genesis 6 through 8 recounts how the world was destroyed, being flooded with water. Now verse 7, this is 2 Peter 3 verse 7, But by his word the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Ah, here it is. Before God destroyed this earth by a flood, but by his word... There again is the emphasis of God's word, just like in Genesis chapter 1. By his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire. How will this earth be destroyed? By fire, when God speaks his word. God sets the fire. Notice in response to the ungodly. The fire is God's judgment on sinners. In the Bible, fire is associated with God's judgment. For example, listen to Isaiah 66, 15 and 16. For behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment by fire and by his sword on all flesh, and those slain by the Lord will be many. Friends, this is the destruction of the earth people should be terrified of experiencing. When we tell people about how this earth will be destroyed, we must include the gospel. Run to Christ. Embrace Jesus quickly for the forgiveness of your sin and receive God's mercy before it is too late. Before the judgment of God reaches you. We talk about climate change, but what we really need is a drastic and urgent change of the spiritual climate. Let us pray for this. Let us tell others about Jesus and his saving grace before God's judgment comes. We have the fire. God starts again in verse 10. The heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. The heavens describes the physical universe of interstellar and intergalactic space. Roar is a word that sounds like what it means. On this day, people will hear the sound that fire makes, the crackling and the boom of atoms of the universe. The elements describe the atomic components that make up this universe. And all of this will be burned up with intense heat. And again in verse 12 of Second Peter chapter 3, the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat. So mockers can mock, but Christ is returning, and after his return, this fiery judgment. This is how the earth and the whole universe will be destroyed. God will do it. Then, of course, comes the recreation of the new heavens and the new earth for believers in Christ. 
and the eternal lake of fire for all who reject Christ. Oh, these are sobering words. In the Bible, we like the beginning and we like the end and everything in between because we read God telling us the truth, in this case about our future. Much more next time because God is... Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.